0: Good morning and welcome to church. I'm glad that uh, we could all tune in and and be in His presence. Amen. Let's pray and let's get right into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning as we come before your word. Thank you for your word that is able to change us, that is able to give us a new mindset and a new attitude. Thank you for your word that will influence our thoughts Thank you for another perspective of who you are as we look through your scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 19, verse 31 to 37. Today is part 90. We've hit the big nine zero. Amen. It's a milestone. We should cut a kick or something. (laughs) John chapter 19, verse 31 to 37. I read, therefore, because it was the preparation day that the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, They did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth, that you may believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. No one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another scripture says they shall look on him whom they pierced. Amen. From our reading this morning, I'm ministering under the sub-theme our Passover Lamp. Our Passover lamp. Now, Jesus had given up the ghost. We read that in John chapter 19, verse 30, the previous verse last week. And it was the preparation day. and um, The preparation day at hand was, it was going to be Sabbath. You know, Jesus it was believed he was crucified on the Friday. On the Saturday was the Sabbath. And that was a esteemed, highly Jewish custom to keep the Sabbath. And for the Jew, they would normally prepare from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, 24 hours, that is the, the the Sabbath. So, the preparation day, that's, they have to prepare, make sure that they have everything so that when the Sabbath hits, nobody goes out. And the Jews, they really believe in Sabbath, it means total rest. Sometimes when I look at, you know, I've lived in a Jewish community in England. When I see what they call Sabbath, I'm like, oh, this is not real Sabbath. This is remix. Because they're they're real Sabbath. They don't take horses, you know, they don't do anything. They are just there. And it's interesting. Because sometimes when you live there, you can really see the image of the Bible play. Very interesting. You know, around 4 p.m., 5 p.m., Every Jewish shop there is shut. You can't buy anything anyway. It's it's still um something that they truly and really, really practice. But as in how the Sabbath is celebrated, when I compare that with the scriptures, I just laugh like, oh, this is remix. Amen. <laughs> it's true, amen. <laughs> yeah. In in, in this political correctedness world, when you say something, they will easily say you are anti-Semitic. So if you are Jewish listening to me, I'm not an anti-Semitic guy, man. But it's just the truth. When you look at the scriptures with how the Jews celebrated Sabbath and compare it to today's world, which is a bit more cosmopolitan, it's Remix. Amen. Okay. But it was time for the Sabbath. And the Jews... You know, they told the Romans that, look, kill these people so that we can really go and hallow the day of the Lord. You know, the Romans themselves, they did not really celebrate Sabbath because they were Romans. But they allowed the Jews to at least practice their customs, even though they were under Roman captivity. So the Jewish people told the soldiers that break the legs. And that was one of the fastest ways to aid in the death of a criminal on a cross. Because when the legs are broken, you don't have any support to uh, breathe and everything. So you you can easily die. It was It was a very painful way to die. So I think they were looking at the two criminals And they just broke their legs. But the Bible says that when they reached Jesus, they realized he was already dead. They did not break his legs. And you may think that they may not break his legs because it was coincidental. No, they did not break his legs because Scripture has said so. And like we said, Jesus came in the volume of the book to fulfill Scriptures. The Bible lets us know that one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. That was also common practice. It was not just because it was Jesus. That's why they did that. Normally, under the um, Roman regime, when you are crucified, I, I mean, when you are crucified, they leave you for days. It's a number of days affair. They just leave you hanging there because... The Romans wanted to send a message, especially to people that they have conquered, people like Jews, that there is a grave consequence if you disobey Caesar. This is how we will treat you. So sometimes when they crucify you, they will just leave you for days on ending. And one of the ways and and when you are under such pain, you can easily black out. So sometimes one of the ways by which a soldier will be able to check whether you are truly dead, on a crucifix, or you've just blacked out, is that they will just pierce your side with a spear. And when they pierce your side with a spear and they don't feel any um, human reaction, they might they might presume that you are dead and they, they might just take you off the cross. So it was something customary of the Romans to do that. But the Bible lets us know that when... One of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side immediately. Blood and water came out, which is quite strange. Because when you are wounded, blood and water are distinct. They do come out, but they don't come out at the same time. But when you read this scripture, It's very concurrent that blood and water both dashed out, which is quite interesting and has a spiritual undertone. So when we look at the blood and water, the blood and water is very synonymous with the Day of Atonement. You know, when the high priest did the sacrifice during the Day of the Atonement, blood was needed, water was needed. The blood of the Lamb was for the atonement of the sins, and the water symbolized purification. So when blood and water gushed out, it also spoke to us about Christ's blood remitting us from every sin, and then the water of his Spirit regenerating us that we can indeed experience the new birth. You see, Christ did not just remit our sins. He didn't just forgive our sins. The blood did not just atone for our sins, but it also made us new creation. So we thank God for the death of Christ, which atoned for our sins, remitted our sins, but we also have to thank God for the water. The water regenerated us. That's why Jesus will say will use euphemisms like you are cleansed by the washing of the water by the word. The water came to regenerate us so that Christians, we have the opportunity to experience new birth. And when we experience new birth, that's when we also have the opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to dwell within us and become our temple. He our, our, our temple is his temple. I hope you get me. So, First John chapter five, verse six to eight. Look at what John said about Jesus. This is he who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. So, that also served as a witness of who Christ truly is. Christ is our high priest. Christ is not just our high priest. Christ's blood also came to wash us his his water also came to regenerate us so that we can be one body. Now when you read Ephesians chapter five verse thirty, that I will say something there, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. so The Roman also piercing the side of Jesus, it it, it, it lets us see something about the similarity between the first Adam and the second Adam. In fact, in the New Testament, one of the names Jesus is called is the second Adam or the last Adam. The first Adam, a rib was taken from his side, woman was formed the second Adam or the last Adam, his side was pierced. And that was the beginning of the church. That's why we are members of his flesh. And that's why when a rib was taken out of Adam and Adam saw Eve, Adam said, she shall be called woman because she is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones. And when Jesus' side was also being pierced, it was the birth of the New Testament church, of which you and I are part of. It's the church that has been washed by the blood, it is the church that has been washed by the water of the word. That is why Apostle Paul can say with certainty that we are members. We are members of his body, we are members of his flesh. And we are members of his bones. So it also signified the church. So it is not just a fulfillment of a prophetic scripture in uh, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, where the Bible says that they looked upon him whom he he was pierced, but it has a a, a deeper spiritual meaning to that. It, It was the unveiling, it was the birth of the New Testament church. Just as a rib taken out of the side of Adam was the birth of woman, when Jesus' side was pierced, it was the birth, it was the inception of the new church, the new church that has been washed by the blood of Christ and regenerated by the water of the word that we can truly say, we are new creation. Amen. So, When you read Exodus chapter 12, verse 46, you see another prophecy there. It talks about Jesus, our Passover lamp. Because the Bible says that they did not break his legs. And why did they not break his legs? It gave the reason in verse 36 that these things were done that scripture should be fulfilled. The Roman soldiers thought they didn't break Christ's legs because he was dead, but because scripture will be fulfilled. And when you read Psalm 34, verse 20, David prophesied that none of Christ's bones shall be broken. And if you read the scripture that we just read um, before the introduction of our sermon, it's an inverted comment that not one of his bones shall be broken. It's an relation to a quote from david in psalm 34 verse 20 but i also want you to see something here this also means to us believers when we read this that indeed christ is our passover lamp he's our passover lamp and what was the essence of the passover lamp the essence of the passover lamp was inserted when God was about to do the last miracle or the last plague, which would be ten, to deliver Israelites out of Egyptian captivity. And what they did or or what they did in in response to God's command through Moses was that a lamp was caught, it was killed, the blood was smeared on the doorpost using hyssop. I spoke about that last last week. And then the Bible lets us know that the angel of death was going to visit the place because there was a mixed multitude. And the angel of death will spare those who had the blood of the lamp on their doorpost. That was how Israelites were able to be free. So that blood being on the doorpost meant that the angel of death passed over their houses. That's why it's called Passover lamp. Because the blood was there for the angel of death to pass over. So now when the Israelites broke free, the Lord commanded that this will become an institution. It will be a statute It will be a memorial. So anytime that the Jewish people celebrated Passover, and that was the day on which Jesus was killed. Anytime they celebrated Passover, it was a testament to God's faithfulness, God's pardon, God's mercy. Because the the Israelites truly, they were not believers when the Lord saved them. It was because of covenants, that he made to Abraham. The Lord was faithful to his covenant. That's why he delivered the Israelites. The Lord didn't deliver the Israelites because they were Christians or they were people of outstanding morals. I mean, these people who were in the wilderness for 40 years, the sort of headache they gave to Moses, they they were not righteous by any stretch of imagination or good people or worshippers. It was because of God's covenants. So the blood there spoke of God's mercy. It spoke of God's faithfulness to the covenants that he made with Abraham. That is why God delivered them. But there is something interesting here that happened in the life of Jesus, why his bones were not broken. So that's what I want us to go to in Exodus chapter 12 verse 46 and look at something there. This in regards to the Passover lamp. In verse 45, it talks about how they should eat it. Then in verse 46, In one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside the house nor shall you break one of its bones. The Passover lamb, you don't break the bones. So if you are somebody who likes chewing bones, you you can't break this bone, please. When you eat it, just leave it as it is. This is a prophetic picture of what was going to happen on the cross. Then, when you read Numbers chapter 9, now it talks about the lamp now being used as atonement. So when you go to Numbers chapter 9, I want to give you two scriptures. This talks about how they should keep the Passover and everything. They shall leave none of it until morning, nor break one of its bones according to all the ordinances of the Passover, they shall keep it. You don't break the bones. Why did God tell them not to break the bones? I don't know. Because it's not given. But the fact that Christ's bones was not touched, him known as the sacrificial lamp of the world, that came to atone for the sins of the world, it has some link and it has some bearing. Christ's bones were not touched. They were not broken. Because I believe that Christ, he had offered himself as a sacrifice to the Lord. That's it. Need need no man touch him. His bones were not broken. So it was not just a fulfillment of David's prophecy, but it also typified Christ truly as our Passover lamp. He was the Passover lamp that was atoned for the sins of the world. He indeed became our Passover lamp so that the devil's reign will pass over us. Hell will pass over us so that you and I can come to the liberty of the Spirit and experience what the new covenant is all about. So Christ is indeed our Passover lamp. So right here in John chapter 19, verse 31 to 37, when we read it, we, we see shadows and types being fulfilled. In Christ, who is the substance of our faith. Amen. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And then John ends it with, and again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. And that's Zachariah chapter 12, verse 10. And when you read that scripture in question, it talks about, uh, um, the spirit of grace being poured upon us. So Christ was not just pierced so that the inception of the church could take place, it also ushered in the era and the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. That is why the first ecclesia, that's the church, the first church that I gathered, it was marked by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Christ was indeed our Passover lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, why is it important for us to share all these things? It's important for us to unveil all these truths in in these verses for us to know how much Christ wanted us to be part of the new covenant. We are members of his flesh. Members of his body, members of his bones, because of his piercing. Christ so wanted us to be part of him, part of the church, which he is the head. He so wanted us to be part. That is why he died such a shameful and a humiliating death. I've, st- I've spent about three to four weeks just talking about the death because I want that message of inclusion, divine inclusion to be in your spirit. It's not just about looking at the fanciful revelations or what have you about the death, but the message that we have to get strongly apart from Christ dying for our sins, which is, you know, A traditional message that I believe every Christian might know, but aside that, God yearned for divine inclusion. That is why all these things were done to the body of Christ, which has a deeper meaning, so that you and I could be included, so that you and I could be members of his body. You and I could be members of his flesh. You and I can be members of his bones. So thank God for Adam who had Eve and he he said, you are bone of my bone, you are flesh of my flesh. Christ also says that about us. We are part of him. Why? Because he was pierced. And that is why the most expensive, most precious thing has been given to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. We are heirs of God or we are heirs of the Father. What does it mean? We have inherited God. How do we know we have inherited God? We have the Spirit upon us. We are joint heirs with the Son. We have access to the Father because we have the Holy Spirit in us. Let me end on First Corinthians chapter six verse eleven. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You see the blood and water. The blood and water had to flow for our washing. The blood and water had to flow for our sanctification. The blood and water had to flow for our justification. So that we can be included in His body. The Passover lamp atoned. But Jesus, as our Passover lamp, has done much more than just a mere lamp. That's why he is the final sacrifice. So this is the last episode we come to on the death of Christ. Next week we are going to his burial. And we have to understand the essence of his burial, which we will talk about next week. But everything that we have covered concerning the death of Christ for the past three or four weeks is just to let us understand Christ has a place in the body for you and for me. And not just us, He has a place in the body for others. People have to know that. His side was pierced for the inception of the New Testament church, which has been washed by the water of the word and cleansed by his blood. And it's a church church with open doors for everybody. Friends, family, fools, atheists, avowed enemies of God. The church is open for everybody. Christ died on the cross for divine inclusion. Divine inclusion. He is our. Passover lamp His bones were not broken He was pierced It was also An error that ushered in The Holy Spirit Who is also known as The Spirit of Grace Inclusion So today think of inclusion Think of two words Divine inclusion Inclusion God has included you and me. And God wants to include others through us who have come to the saving knowledge of Christ. We want to close in gratitude to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. You died a sinner's death. So that the whole world could be members of your body, of your flesh, of your bones. You were pierced. And when we look at you, it ushers in the era of the spirit of grace indeed. Thank you that your bones were not broken. Indeed, you are our Passover lamp. Thank you. Thank you that you've washed, you've sanctified, you've justified us by the blood and water that flowed out of your side. Thank you. In gratitude, let's worship the Lord. As I was thinking about this message, I'm like, Lord, I just wish I could say this in only five minutes. Just five minutes. And then use the rest of the time just to show our gratitude and appreciation to you. But I've gone over five minutes. Let's worship him. I want us to show gratitude to him. We have been divinely included. And let's show gratitude to the scores, the thousands of people, the millions of people who are yet to be included because of this. Let's show gratitude to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know,
1: Step down.
0: Six Sundays from now, we'll be commemorating Resurrection Sunday. And that week is when we will be commemorating the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Six Sundays, March 31st. Let's show our gratitude to God by including someone into this new birth. Prayerfully consider it. Lord, on March 31st, Resurrection Sunday, I'm coming with a soul. Someone to be divinely included into the New Testament Church of God. It's a show of gratitude Do we truly understand the essence of the death of Christ? Let's do that. And God will bless us. I want to pose this challenge to all of us listening. Between now, six Sundays, we have to bring a soul, one soul, to be divinely included into the body of Christ, that that he or she will also be a member of Christ's body, Christ's flesh, and Christ's bones. Let's do that. Father, we've understood the essence of your death. Thank you for including us. Thank you for pouring out your spirit of grace upon us. Thank you for washing, sanctifying, and justifying us. Thank you for your blood and water that attest to the fact that of a truth. You are the Son of God, and you are truly Lord of all. We give you praise, O oh God. May we have a deeper understanding of the cost It took for you to bear our sin on the cross. May we be effective Christians. May we be powerful Christians. May we serve you, O Lord, in all sincerity and in all truth. Thank you, Lord. But you are a spirit and those who worship you will indeed worship you in spirit and in truth. Let that be our posture, O Lord from today. In Jesus' name. Amen. God
1: bless you.